Hey friends, Maestro here, bringing you episode 242 of Maestro on the Mic, doing it Thursday shorty style. In today's episode, I'm asking the question, who does a sliding scale actually benefit? I am actually pumped about this episode. But first, you already know, hey DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it poppin'. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestroized. Three, two, one. Hello, friends, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of Maestro on the Mic. I am pumped about this episode, so let's hop right on in. So today I did a post uh, on Instagram. It's Monday. I did a little TikTok, and it was a uh, lip sync, you know, little act things that I do about what what happens or what it really means when someone says that you're too expensive. And the post was so well-received. Just people loved it. They agreed. And it also sparked some good questions that I I kind of anticipated. Uh, And the questions were so good that I was like, let me do a little podcast episode about it because, yeah, they're just that good. So basically, the main question that came up was, well, what do you do when you genuinely feel like someone could benefit from your services, but you know, they can't afford it? Or how do you price it so as to not be cost prohibitive to those who could potentially benefit from your services, right? Irrespective of the services. In this episode, I'm going to focus mostly on like physical therapy and my own personal experience, but irrespective of the service, how do you, how can you price things or what should you do so that you're not cost prohibitive to people who could really benefit, right? So the I gave two different answers here, the same answer, but in two different places, because one was in the DMs and one was in the um, the actual con- the actual like post is in the comment section. So in the DMs, I wrote back that ultimately what I've always recommended is kind of the Robin Hood effect or Robin Hood approach, where you charge those who can afford it, those who can figure out how to afford it, and then when you are set and you're secure, you can do what you want then. And whether you offer pro bono services or whatever, it's up to you, right? So the whole like you can't pour from an empty glass kind of thing, like take care of yourself and get things squared away and set so that you can actually help others put your mask on first. I went on to say that my self-appointed mentor, Allison Evans, love that woman so much, had once told me the best things that you can do with money are earn it, spend it, share it, and give it away. One more time. Earn it, spend it, share it, and give it away. And notice that earn it is first. I really believe it's important. Put your mask on first. Get yourself super safe and secure, and then you can do whatever you want. If you want to give it away, cool. If you want to you know, give away your time then and do things pro bono, amazing. But if you're trying to build this business and you're giving everything away first, you're giving away money that you don't have, that business is not going to survive, right? So that was the advice that I gave in the DMs. In the comment section, I told that person also go check my 
go check the stories because I posted it to my stories. Uh, if you're not following me on Instagram, I'd love for you to hop on over there, by the way, at The Movement Maestro, my favorite platform. But I get it. If you're all about the audio and you just want podcasts, I appreciate you being here too. But in the actual, sorry about that, in the comments section, I wrote to the dude that number one, you know, and, I, and kind of ties into Danny Mateus said it a bunch, when people pay, they pay attention. And honestly, from people that I've interacted with, I have yet to offer something to someone at a substantial discount and go on to see them having the same outcome as those who paid full price. Now, I get it. There are other circumstances involved, but I truly believe that not only when you pay, you pay attention, but when you pay, you tell your nervous system, I got this. I'm going to figure this out. We can do this. We got to do this. You put yourself on the hook. You put some skin in the game. It's very different, very different than when things are handed to you. Do I believe in hand, you know, giving people a hand up? Yes. Do I believe in helping people out? Yes. Do I believe in scholarships for certain things? Yes. Am I also going to link that article about why you shouldn't DEI, excuse me, DIY your DEI, right? Don't DIY your diversity, equity, inclusion. A little article about basically don't assume that minorities, we should say global majorities, uh, that they can't afford your services. That's racist, right? And that they're not there because they can't afford it. Maybe you haven't created an environment with appropriate diversity, equity, equity, inclusion that would make them feel comfortable there. So I'm going to link that article, uh, write that down. But it has been my personal experience. And that's what I always speak from that in offering things at super discounted rates, I haven't had seen people have the same kind of outcomes. I don't think that they put as much skin in the game. And maybe I'll catch some flack for this, but I'm just speaking my piece and speaking from experience and my own personal experience. Additionally, this is why I created that book, that ebook called The Value Ladder, which I will also link in the show notes. The whole concept of The Value Ladder is to give people multiple ways to access your brain and at multiple price points, right? So they have different amount, different amounts of access to you and accordingly a different price tag. This means that for that person that maybe can't afford the premium service, they still have the opportunity to interact with you or interact with your thoughts, uh, your teachings in some way, shape or form. This is a big problem in the physical therapy space because all that people do is offer what I call the level six of the value ladder, which is one-on-one -on -one services. They're not doing any social media posts that provide information. They're not doing any webinars. They're not doing any workshops. They're not doing any online courses. They're not doing, you know, any free ebooks. It's just like, you can work with me and it's a million dollars. And if you can't work with me, well, then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I have to have a sliding scale or something like that. So I highly recommend you opt in for my value ladder ebook if you haven't already and start seeing the different things you're thinking about, the different things that you can offer your audience. The thing that I said to this gentleman as a response was like, there's a reason that I show up. And I said it in my uh, comment, excuse me, my DM response as well. There's a reason that I post every single day. There's a reason that I do these ebooks. There's a reason that I have these 15 to $40 webinars. There's a reason that the next level would be that I do my online course, Self-Paced, that's 99 bucks now. And then from there, from the level up from that is my group coaching that's like, you know, 297. And then from there is the premium one-on-one -on -one with me, which is 397 an hour. But guess what? 
If people want to put in the time and the effort to synthesize the information on their own, they have so many other ways of doing that at an affordable price. So one of the things I see is that people are trying to offer a sliding scale. And I'm like, how about you just offer sliding services, right? Do something else besides this one-on-one premium service. So some solutions, some actionable steps for you there. Now, relating to the, the title of this podcast, which is who does the sliding scale actually help? I think, and I was just talking to my girl, Rachel, if you're listening to this, you know, you're one of my favorites. Talking to Rachel about one of the issues that I see with physical therapists of them putting themselves as like this like self-aggrandizing, like almost God complex with PTs. And maybe I'll catch black for this. I honestly don't fucking care. But it's physical therapy, my friends. And it's so interesting because I think we go into physical therapy to help people. But what we need to realize is who are we probably going to be helping in going into this profession? To me, inherently, what a traditional outpatient orthopedic practice, a private, you know, orthopedic practice, what they do, the product that they deliver is inherently geared towards, you know, a middle upper class person. I'm not going to say race of any kind, but a middle upper class person. Just think about what we're doing. Right? That person has to have the, t- the ability to take time off of work to go and get treatment. This person has to have the, t- have the ability to actually have the time to care about themselves and not 50,000 other things that, you know, they need to do to just get through the day and provide for themselves and for, you know, their family. This person has to have a job that is conducive to actually healing, right? What we do, and make one more, this person has to typically has a lifestyle that is conducive to extracurriculars that cause them to get injured and then have to come see us. Whether that extracurricular is like being too sedentary or not being, you know, not being, doing too much. Inherently, what we do caters to that demographic. And so PTs, a lot of them, you know, bleeding heart, they want to help people. And they're just like, but what about like people who really can't afford it? To me, I am not the answer for that person's problems. I think that that is like too self-aggrandizing, too like putting myself on a pedestal. To me... Though that demographic, which I have not worked with, you know, one-on-one in the orthopedic realm. I have been, uh, did some, uh, one of my rotations at, uh, what hospital was it? Um, with Iannuzzi, if any of my NYU peeps listening to this, you're going to remember, at Bellevue. And so Professor Iannuzzi, Dr. Iannuzzi was our, our CI, and it was a wound care clinic. And holy shit, that was an experience. That was an experience. But as an outpatient orthopedic physical therapist, that's really who I'm talking to right now. I don't think that I am the solution to many of these people's problems. I understand that we really value movement and we value the ability to do this. But I also think that part of that is kind of like putting a Band-Aid on like a gunshot wound. Like when we think about pain, right? And that's what primarily people come come and see us for. When we think about pain and the multifactorial etiology of pain, you coming in here is probably making things worse because I'm taking you away from the time you need to be doing other things. You got to figure out your schedule. Maybe you have childcare. I don't know. To me, real talk. And again, maybe I catch heat for this. I don't fucking care. To me, I always felt that the best thing I could do would be to charge those who can afford it, not just financially, but their lifestyle is conducive to it. And then take that money and donate it 
to the resources that can actually help those people who we're thinking need to like come see us for free. Because again, like we, it's very interesting to me that when we talk about pain science and like that, and we, we know how c- complex it is. And yet we think that like the answer is like, come and do some exercise for 45 minutes here, despite the fact that your life is so fucking stressful. Maybe, yes, them coming and talking to us and spending time can be helpful. But I truly believe that for me personally, as a, you know, what I was, a, a traditional outpatient, private practice, orthopedic, physical therapist, the number one way that I could help people would be to donate my money, not to ask them to use their time now that they also maybe don't have. So again, some assumptions perhaps are being made. And I, you know, as always, there's exceptions to the rules. You know, I'm thinking about uh, Christina Holland. I'll link that episode. She's just freaking phenomenal uh, and how she and how she works. But she also has two jobs, right? Well, she won't work one works at has her own private practice and then has another one where she works at a hospital. And, you know, I, I love what she's doing with that and balancing things that way. But I really would like to know, you know, who does this sliding scale actually benefit? Does it benefit the PT more? Meaning, does it like make you feel better that like you're trying to do something to help a disenfranchised population? Or does it actually help the recipient? To me, I think it's more of an ego boost for certain providers. But I'm more than willing to listen to, you know, other thoughts on this from you folks again, because this is so like one-sided. I'm just talking to the screen here, waving my arms around a lot. But something I've been thinking about, something that came up, something that's too long for like a single post on Instagram. And so I figured, let me make this a podcast episode because... It's interesting stuff, and it applies to everything, any kind of business that you're doing. Uh, you know, I it's also very interesting, and maybe because like we're exposed to it. But the the people who always ask me questions about sliding scales, typically their businesses aren't doing as well as those who don't ask me about sliding scales. And whether it's that they have had a rougher start with things, I don't really know. I don't want to say something super like you know. I don't even know what the, what the word is. Not inappropriate, but something that's going to piss people off because I, I don't really know, but it's been my experience that it's the people whose businesses are somewhat struggling that ask me about sliding scales. And I'm like, is it because you want to get more people in the door? Is it because this is, you know, an, is it this maybe you've been the beneficiary of things in the past? Or maybe you haven't. I really don't know. But it is of my, you know, it is my my honest opinion and my own experience that, I've been able to give back the most by putting my mask on first. And it's not putting my mask on first and then taking the mask of other people. I think I feel like that's like, it's like this kind of like binary dichotomy where people are like, well, if you're putting your mask on, then you're taking somebody else's mask. I'm like, no, I'm putting my mask on so that I can then help other people and maybe help a lot of other people and, and be able to like really give back. And it's the best thing. You know, I'll repeat again what, what Allison told me. The best thing you can do with money is earn it, spend it, Share it, give it away. And it's so much fun to be able to give it away. It's so much fun, especially when you give it away to people that you really care about. Like, you know, I bought my brother a spin bike, bought my sister a, a Roomba. It sounds kind of like sexist, but it's not. She said it's what she really wanted. Uh, I think I got her a chainsaw also. So hopefully that makes things better. Uh, but just to be able to like 
you know, I sent my mom and my sister on like a girls weekend and to be able to do that, it, that, I mean, also that's my love language, but to be able to do that, that's the ultimate. And, you know, do I see the good and like where people are coming from when they're thinking about sliding scale? Absolutely. Do I think it ultimately there's a better way? Yes. Uh, you folks know that when Rona started and things were getting kind of weird, I offered what was considered or what was called compassionate pricing. I stole that from, uh, uh, what is his name? Oh my goodness. He works with, um, I want to say Adrian Lowe. That's absolutely not his name. Anthony Lowe. Well, if Anthony Lowe, um, Adrian Lowe, geez. And I said, you know, I offer compassionate pricing if for those who need it. And that's all I wrote about it. I didn't write the price of what it was going to be. I said, I offer compassionate pricing. And I put that out there. And then for those who are willing to ask, they said, what does compassionate pricing mean? And I said, what does it mean to you? And most of them were just like, it would be really helpful if I can pay half now and pay half later. Nobody asking me for free shit. Nobody asking me like, you know, devalue my service. They're like, I really value it. I do, but I'm concerned. You know, I want to see where things are going to be out in a few months. Like it would be really helpful if I could pay half now and half later. Heck yeah. I will absolutely do that. I think there's a lot of value in, in having that conversation and giving that person some autonomy and just assuming like they can't afford it, like what their, you know, and what their situation really is. Um, so there are things that you can do with that, but I really do feel that that Robin Hood, put your mask on first and then spend it, share it, give it away is the way to go. All right, I'm going to wrap this up because we're getting closer to the to 20 minutes. It's almost like 17 and a half right now. And I'm liking the Thursday shorties. So, and apparently you folks are too, because you're writing in and letting me know. So if, thank you. I will link those things in the show notes, value ladder, the article about DEI, not to DIY or DEI, uh, and the episode with Christina Holland. If you got any questions, comments, concerns, you want to chat about this episode, please DM me at the Movement Maestro. Text me if you want. It really does work. 310-737-2345. All right. Officially wrapping it up. As always, endlessly, endlessly grateful for each and every one of you. Truly. Until next time, friends. Maestro. Maestro.